0: In today's episode, I break down my ancestry DNA results. I discuss the importance of Juneteenth and how I celebrate it. I will also give five book recommendations for Black men by Black men, with a few honorable mentions. And with that being said, you are now listening to the Slack Remote Nation podcast. I'm a lady named D. This is the Slack Remote Nation podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. I truly appreciate everybody that is supporting me right now. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. The first thing I want to get into is my Ancestry DNA results. Now, I actually did the test in November. There's a video on Instagram of me opening the box putting the sample in the tube and sending it off. I was supposed to do a follow-up video when I actually got my results, but a lot happened in that month. My grandfather passed away and, you know, Christmas was right after that, New Year's. So I kind of like got lost in the sauce, but it's always been in my mind. I wanted to share the results why not share it on my podcast? Now, if you wanna see the video of me actually doing the test, then go on over to Instagram, follow me, Slacker Mode Nation, and the video is up there still. So I wanted, I was originally gonna do the full breakdown, but when I went back to check on the app before actually doing this episode, it updated my results. Luckily, I keep screenshots of everything I do. So I have a screenshot of my original results. And instead of giving breaking out my full results, because it's Juneteenth, I'm gonna focus on the African diaspora. So I'm only gonna talk about the results that pertain to Africa, power to the people. I'm going to tell you the original results, the updated results, and I'm going to give you fun facts about each of these places that are in my genetic makeup. So diving right in. We're going to start with Cameroon, Congo, and Western Bantu peoples. Originally, it was 26% and it updated to 22%. Now, some fun facts about Cameroon specifically is that the Germans owned that territory until World War I. And then after World War I, it was split between the British and the French, which was in the year 1919. French Cameroon gained independence January 1st, 1960. British Cameroon gained independence October 1st, 1960, and joined together to form what is now the Federal Republic of Cameroon. They recognized October 1st as their unification day, and they celebrate. English and French are the languages primarily spoken, with French being the most common. It is also one of the most linguistically diverse countries in the world, with 250 other languages also being spoken there. Oh, That actually is interesting. Maybe that's the reason why I've always been very interested in languages and wanting to learn other languages. I know a little bit about a a lot of different languages, but I've never actually sat down to actually learn another language fluently. And that is a goal I have. That is on my bucket list of things to do before I die. Learn another language, speak it fluently. Okay, so next on my list is Nigeria. Originally it was 24% and it updated to 30%. Some fun facts about Nigeria is that it's the most populous country in Africa with over 250 different ethnic groups. Lagos is the largest city in Africa, found in Nigeria, and one of the largest metropolitan areas in the world. Nigeria is a regional power in Africa, a middle power in international affairs, and an emerging global power, which is actually kind of big. It is also Africa's biggest oil producer. Now we're traveling over to the Ivory Coast and Ghana. Fun fact since the Ivory Coast is named for Dununun, Ivory, which is what, you know, they went over there to kill all the elephants for, for no reason. And Ghana actually used to be called the Gold Coast until its independence in 1957. This area is a producer of more than half the world's cocoa, so chocolate. Um, It also produces bananas, pineapples, fish, coffee, lumber, cotton, palm oil, and petroleum. Now we're going to Benin and Togo which was originally 14% and it changed to nine. Some interesting facts about first Benin. Benin gained its independence from the French August 1st, 1960, and was officially known as Benin in 1975. It is the home of the Rue des Esclaves, which I totally said wrong because my French, I can't do French. Um... That translates to the root of slaves. And it's a 2.5-mile stretch that was the last African soil slaves stepped on before going to the Caribbean. The last slave transport to Brazil from Benin was in 1885. Snakes are revered in Benin. I read that folks actually, like, love snakes. They keep them as pets. They just be everywhere. Clearly, that part of me did not... Like, clearly that trait didn't get passed down to me because I hate snakes. Like, ugh, Ugh. I had a bad experience with a snake. Yeah, anyways, Mm -hmm. going to Togo. Togo is known for its beaches with blue clear waters and white sands, which tells me that I really need to go to Africa, for real, because all the beaches that I, picture myself laying on, Africa has a lot of them. And when I was doing the research for that, I was just like, yo, I really need to go. I really need to go. I'm gonna go to the Caribbean first, but I'm gonna go to Africa before I die. Anyways, Togo gained their independence from the French in April 27th, 1960. And they are also known for their limestone mines and are the largest producers of phosphate. Now we're gonna travel down to Mali which was originally 6%, changed to 9 Mali is the home of Timbuktu, which was once the Islamic learning center of the world. It was like the learning center of the world. Everybody from everywhere came to Timbuktu to learn, to get taught. It, it was rich culturally, musically, like it was just that was the place to be if you were a scholar, if you wanted to learn things. Timbuktu was that place. Mali was once one of the richest countries in the world. And unfortunately, now it is one of the poorest. It is famous for salt mines. Interesting. I, I kind of want to go to Mali too, but I don't know how. I gotta, I gotta do. Cause a lot of these places, like, um, I would love to go to, but some of some countries in Africa are still heavily under conflict. So there's that. Okay. Now we're traveling down to Senegal, which didn't change, three percent. And they are the first African country that is going to host the Olympics, specifically the Youth Summer Olympics, which was originally supposed to happen this year, but it was postponed to two, 2026, probably because of COVID. They're known for their delicious cuisine. They're the originators of jollof rice, and they are also known for their fabric market and the African Renaissance Monument, which when it was erected, the president at that time said, it brings to life our common destiny. Africa has arrived in the 21st century, standing tall and ready than ever to take its destiny into his hands. Another president said of this monument, that it does not belong to Senegal. It belongs to African people wherever we are. And fun fact, it cost around 27 million US dollars to make. It is huge. If you don't know what it is, definitely hop on Google. I'm gonna post a picture on my Instagram of it, but it's, it's massive. I definitely wanna go to Senegal to see it. Now, lastly, we're getting to the Southern Bantu people, which was 1% and it wasn't on my original results. When it updated that popped up nelson mandela was of southern bantu people so that's an interesting thing to know and they are responsible for founding settlements and developing social and political ties in africa they are known for their iron smelting pottery making and farming so that's pretty interesting now i i will not I cannot describe how exciting it was for me to do that and for me to get those results and know a little bit something. Now I can say, now I can do more research into my history and my people and everything about them. Now I can know more about my culture. Now I can teach my kids more about my culture, which is really all that it's about. And I'm gonna get back to my family tree. I started my family tree. I got to like, Four generations and then I kind of like hit a little plateau, but that is a Hurleycan task that I'm definitely going to tackle. Now, we are gonna discuss the importance of Juneteenth and how I celebrate it. Because really, well, first we're gonna get into the importance of Juneteenth. Juneteenth is important because everybody believes that slavery ended when the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, which is when it actually should have ended. However, over in Galveston, Texas or over in Texas, the slave owners knew that slavery had ended, but they failed to inform that the slaves that, well, technically they weren't slaves. Well, it's one of those like How do you say it? Because by definition, they should not have been slaves, but they were still enslaved. They were still, nothing had changed until 1865, June 19th, when somebody rode out to the West, to Texas, to inform all the Black people there that, yo, y'all supposed to be free too. And that's the importance of Juneteenth, is that not every American was free until June 19th, 1865. And even then, that is debatable. But that is the importance. That is when slavery ended. That is truly America's Independence Day. Everybody, we gained our independent, well... We celebrate the 4th of July, but like, if you think about it, when the 4th of July happened, America definitely wasn't what it was today. Territories America owned were small. It wasn't until we expanded West and all that, that we actually became the country that we are today. But it wasn't until that year that everybody was free. There were no slaves, which is a lie, because there's always slaves. Everybody likes to talk about modern day slavery. Slavery is fucking slavery. Stop giving it extra terms. There's no such thing as modern day slavery. Slavery is fucking slavery, period. Anyways, how I celebrate Juneteenth is pretty much how I celebrate the 4th of July. I make it a very big point to educate not only my kids, but anybody that comes to ask me, my homegirl asked me about the colors of Juneteenth. Like what do the colors represent? Blood, prosperity, Um, damn. My fault, I had to go look that up real quick because I knew two of those, but could not, for some reason, I can't remember all three. But the colors of Juneteenth are represented by red, black, and green. And those three colors represent blood, soil, and the prosperity of Africa and its people. And that is according to the Pan-African Alliance. I was super excited because I got my nails done for Juneteenth and this is how serious I am about black people. I got my nails done at a black owned nail shop by a black nail tech and they look amazing. Definitely support our people. We always talk about how that is one of the ways that you can celebrate Juneteenth by supporting your people. And I do that 365 days a year. So there's no reason why black people can't do it 365 days a year. And I'm actually going to go on a little bit of A little teeny bitty rant about how it is that we talk about Black businesses and their customer service and how they need to work on it. But every experience I've had in a nail shop not owned by Black people has been a negative experience. So if I'm going to have the negative experience, why not have it be with my people? You get shitty experiences every time you go to fucking McDonald's and Walmart, but y'all still shop there. Cut the shit out. Stop making excuses for why we don't support our own people. And rant. All right, so now that that's over, but yeah, definitely celebrate. I'm sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent, but definitely celebrating Juneteenth is important. And again, celebrate it like the 4th of July, you know, have a cookout, chill with your family, like make it, do it big, do it like huge, but also the most important thing, the most important way you can celebrate Juneteenth is to educate everybody on why it's important. Our history is important and we can't allow it to be erased. We can't allow it to be diminished and we can't allow it other people to capitalize off of it. This is our holiday. And unfortunately, we're in a capital. Well, if you're in America, we're in a capitalist society. So everybody's going to kind of try to capitalize off of everything, but we can't let others capitalize off of our shit. Like Walmart really tried it, but I'm not going to get into that, they tried it. I'm not even gonna go any further than that because they don't deserve any of those words at all. And my last topic is five, because it's Father's Day, I'm doing this for Father's Day and for the love of books. But my last topic is five books by black men for black men. And really anybody can read them, but these are specifically for my black men that I love. Here are five books. The first book is The Water Dancer by Tanahashi Coates. And I selected this book because it's Juneteenth. And I feel like it's a really interesting story. It's a really interesting take on the story of the Underground Railroad. There's like a little hint... Of African mysticism involved but like it's great it's definitely a book that I recommend men anybody really but specifically men to read and the honorable mention that goes beside that is Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates and why I wanted to include this book is because it's Father's Day and this is a book that he wrote as a letter to his son on how he had to navigate being a black man in America and dealing with Racism, microaggressions, and stereotypes, and things of that nature. I really think that is an important book for men to read. And perhaps that's a son, a, a son, perhaps that's a book that men can read with their sons. The next book on this list is Native Son by Richard Wright and it's kind of on the same grain of between the world and me but not. It 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 is a story of how a black man had to navigate life and dealing with racism and things and microaggressions and things of that nature. But this book takes place back in the day, so like Jim Crow days that type of situation. And I think that is also an important book to read. And an honorable mention that I didn't even put on my list, but it just popped in my head now, is Black Boy by Richard Wright, which is his autobiography and how he actually, in real life, in real times, navigated life as a black man in communist America at that. So the next book on my list is the Dark Star Trilogy by Marlon James. And that's actually not a book. That was my cheat way of putting a series as one book. But um, this is by a black man. And I put this on the list. This is the first book I talked about in my first episode of my podcast. I put this on the list because this is the first book fantasy wise that I've been able to put my hands on that is purely from an African standpoint. Like most fantasy novels, are heavily influenced by European standpoints and European history and their landscapes and their mythologies. But this one was based off of African mysticism and African mythology in Africa and I think that's important and it's written by a black man and you have a black man that's created a world where he's telling a story from three different perspectives. So you're getting three unique stories about the same thing. Like the storytelling is spectacular. Anyways, the Next book that I have on my list is *Black Privilege* by Charlemagne Tha God, and the the reason is in the title because. It's, it's like irony. Black people don't really have a lot of privilege, but that is neither here nor there. I think that's an important book to read. And I feel like despite how you might personally feel about Charlemagne the God, there, he's definitely dropping gems and nuggets in that book. And the honorable mention beside that is Shook Ones because as a people, specifically Black men, because more Black men have and a version of therapy than anybody, any other group of people that I am around. And I feel like going to therapy is important and it's important to deal with things like anxiety and depression. And it's important to work through those things because I feel like if you don't ever work through them, you can never be the best version of yourself. And I want all my black men all my strong black men to be the best versions of themselves." So Charlemagne, one of the things that I really like about him, one of the things I really admire about him, and he has been very uh, honest and open about how he's dealt with anxiety and what has caused those anxieties and PTSD. And like, he very much encourages people to seek therapy or counseling, which I believe people should. So that's why that book is on my list. And the last book on my list is Dreams From My Father by Barack Obama. I think that's important, an important book to read. I think that was an important book to put on my list because he was literally our first black president. Like, there was ever a man to look to, you don't necessarily have to follow in his footsteps. You don't necessarily have to do the things that he's done, but if there's ever a man to inspire you, why can't it be the first black man that was the president of the motherfucking United States of America? Like, all the odds were literally stacked against him, and he literally just overcame them. So... That within itself is inspiring. And so read about how he started, how he, where he came from and how he got to where he is. Like you can't, you can't, it gets no better than that. So those are my... Five books by black men for black men that I recommend to y'all on Father's Day. Like, and I just want to close this out with a funny-ass story and then a sappy-ass Father's Day message to all the fathers out there in the world. So, the funny story is, I had a second job up until yesterday. Yesterday was my last day of my second job. I resigned so I could spend more time working on the things that I really want to work on. Um And At this job, like this lady, like her total came up to like 1960 and it was a white lady and she was like, oh, that was a good year. So I'm looking at her with my Juneteenth nails and she was like, oh, you wouldn't know nothing about that. That was before you were even thought of. And the only thing that could pop in my head was, yo lady, you know, that was not a good year for black people. Like, ma'am, no, that was not a good year. It might've been a good year for you, but like for my people, for people that look like me, like that was not a good year. How dare you? The day before on Juneteenth Eve, say some shit like that to a black woman. How dare you? But she was oblivious to that fact. Cause that's all I could think. Cause like, mm, 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 mm. I know for facts, that was not a good year for black people anywhere. Like they might've had some good times, but that was not a good year for black people. Ignorance is bliss. Anyway, so the message, the sappy ass message I have for fathers out there, specifically black fathers. Cause like I said, like I love black men. There's nobody that champions for black men more than I do. Like I appreciate all that y'all do, y'all strength and y'all resilience. And for the men out there that, have created children and are present in their children's lives. And they're teaching their children everything that there is no limitation. I don't care what nobody out there in the world tells you You have no limitations. You can literally do whatever you want to do and I'll be there to support you and you're supportive and you're there. Even if you're, you can't physically be there because of work or what have you, you're there. Your, your child knows you. You're there as an example of how to treat people in general, how to carry yourself out in the world. Like I really appreciate you guys. I applaud you guys. I love you guys. My father has always been that man to me. My father is one of the main reasons why I have such a curious mind, why I go out and and learn things, why I have the knowledge to learn things. My father has taught me literally most of what I know about black history, which is a lot more than a lot of people know. Like I've asked many of people, when did they learn about Juneteenth? And like, it's surprising that it's like, three or four years ago, like five years ago. I've known about Juneteenth since I was a child and I'm 31 years old. Since at least 10, I've known about Juneteenth. My father taught me about Juneteenth way, way back in the day. That's crazy. So I appreciate y'all. To my father specifically, I love you. Happy Father's Day. Thank you for all that you do. You are an amazing father, an amazing grandfather. And I love you. I appreciate you. Happy Father's Day.